Yo, this is John from Noise Dosage Media, and this episode is brought to you by Begrudgingly Benny. Interested in putting something horrific and grotesque on your next piece of merch? Benny is tucked away in the fiery depths of COVID quarantine, blasting the filthiest of old school death metal and drawing hideous creatures that he is waiting for you to adopt. Go over to Instagram and follow at Benny and contact him if you would like some really weird original art for your band or label. Super professional, highly recommended. So, uh, yeah, it's a pretty simple story. I quite simply just reached out. She hadn't done actually a lot of album art, so it doesn't look like, I don't know. There's a lot of, uh, of art of fans now that are going through like the same people. So you can, I can always tell now who's done, who's done what. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So like, I kind of like reaching out to those people who don't normally do album art to kind of get something a little, a little different, a little unique. So, um, yeah. Um, I think her Instagram is Saprofeel. Um, but yeah, she's, she's so good. So I had to, yeah. had to get her to do something for me and it turned out like unreal. I think that might be one of my favorites out of the, uh, the artworks that I've done. Yeah. The thing with that, I don't know, like when I saw that cover, you like initially, I don't know for me, I was like, dude, that's amazing. I'm clicking on it. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. Off, of, off of that question is like. You know, I was on a YouTube channel today and I was like, damn, dude, I really based my music taste off of the art. And I wanted to see your opinion on that. Like, do you feel a lot of people do? Yeah. Do you feel like that is almost as important as the music itself nowadays? Well, like from, yeah, from a marketing perspective, I think it definitely is. I mean, if you want to get people to click on your music, it's got to be. appealing like right away like i think it's probably more important now because of how saturated the market is and how many people are making music in the world it's just so hard to break out like you really need something that's going to grasp people like instantly and i don't Mm -hmm. know if that's like that's probably a little bit less true of genres like atmospheric black metal because people those people like click on anything and listen to it all the way through and then decide that they don't like it but right. uh, I mean, most consumers in an era of like having everything at your disposal, like very quickly and having like no patience for anything like, yeah, Albemar <laughs> needs to grab yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, yeah, it was crazy, man. Cause I recently got in that mode where I was like, dude, I need to listen to new stuff. And that was the first thing that went to mind. Dude, who's got the best art? <laughs> yeah. And I don't blame anyone who does that because I've definitely done it. Like, I, I don't necessarily base, like, what I'm going to click on on the artwork. But if I see something that's, like, undeniably sick looking, I'm going to click right. on it right away. For well, sure. you know, in the comments, it, it made a good point. They're like, usually the people that spend the, uh, you know, $600 on album art, you know, the music matches up with it you know what i mean they spend a lot of time they're gonna spend a lot of money on the art for sure yeah yeah i mean like and tons of people aren't willing to spend that money on the artwork (laughs) and uh, i mean like my my roommate is a graphic designer and like he has to deal with so much of that shit and he doesn't charge like a lot because he doesn't 
he doesn't paint shit and draw shit. He's just a graphic designer. So it's like, you know, it's going to cost you like 200 bucks or something. Like some of the artworks that I paid for were like four, five, six hundred. So you have, yeah, yeah. I've paid that much money for artwork. So it's worth it though. So it really is off of, off of that topic of stars swept the sea. Um, that album art, did you get this before or after? Did this have like any effect on the sound of the album? Uh, I'm trying to think back. I definitely think it did because as I recall, I only had a few rough demos and the title when I reached out to her. Mm-hmm. So I think that, I think it definitely did influence the sound a little bit. And Sweet. I think, I think I've kind of always tried to do that. You know, I come up with the title usually pretty early on and I have some sort of concept in mind. Um, Mm. Usually before I start writing or as I'm writing, I'll come up with something like that. And then I usually reach out to the artist like really early on like that. So that, so that the, uh, the artwork can kind of influence the music a little bit because I just like things to be cohesive and the storyline to kind of, I just want to create a vibe, you know what I mean? Create some sort of atmosphere that, that works together. So I like doing that, having the artwork to, uh, to write to. Right. And it's kind of funny cause the project I'm currently working on this dude's like, why do you look at art so much? I'm like, dude, you don't, you don't understand. Like <laughs> for me, like that, that little piece of, you know, inspiration will get me to write three songs. Poor yeah. Songs. I completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, music is more than just an audio experience. I think, I think it's going to be very visual and a lot of those things play into the overall experience that you have when you listen to something. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of people that that listen to, sorry, go ahead. I feel like once you buy something, you feel like obligated to uh, own up to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You've completely invested into it. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I agree. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say, but uh, yeah. So you go ahead. <laughs> All right. So um, what are some, I don't know, obstructions? Dude, there's always obstructions. Like what did you come, I don't know. What did you come in contact with when doing this album? Any issues oh. that you had to overcome? I feel like the obstruction is pretty much always my brain. <laughs> yeah like i kind of have to fight with myself to to get things out a lot like right i write all the time and i have ideas all the time but it still mm-hmm. feels like like that writer's block is like the default state that i'm always feeling and like, yes it's i always, totally uh, agree with you man yeah yeah every project feels like a like this big daunting task that i have to like <laughs> overcome <laughs> so right, right. Yeah, so I'm trying to think if anything specific kind of came up during the writing of of this. I know the last time we talked, you were like, I always I was asking you this question about your computer because you have so many, uh, I don't Mm. know, like synths and like orchestra. Yeah, there's like a hundred tracks. Yeah, and in that album specifically, there's a lot Mm, of. uh, That's true. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah, that that must have been one of the that that definitely was one of the uh, the hurdles to overcome. Like the amount of tracks that were in every project, like a hundred, mm-hmm. sometimes hundred and fifty tracks. 
And like, I think at that time I was still on my 2013 MacBook Pro. <laughs> whoa you did that on a mac yeah yeah i do everything on a mac uh to this day yeah so but uh but yeah at that time it was my 2013 macbook pro which i still have i don't use it but i still have it see when i i have a macbook pro and i had like garage band and (laughs) okay i don't remember i don't remember being able to do over like nine tracks oh really um there's like there's things that you have to do in order to make it work you know like you have to freeze track you have to bounce things out with plugins on them you have to kind of commit Mm -hmm. to certain sounds if you don't want to like your your thing to override like every two seconds when you try to play it like that was that was definitely happening with that record you would try to play it and like it would instantly crash and (laughs) play it crash play it crash and you're just like fuck it's so infuriating to deal with that shit so yeah over the years bounce it you go to bounce it and there's like this little clip. You're like, all right. Oh my restart. God. Yeah. That, that was happening. That was happening too. Yeah. You get those. Little, See? Uh, yeah. I knew it. That shit's brutal. That shit's brutal. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm on a much better computer now. I think early this year I invested in a 2019 iMac with mm-hmm. like pff, a bunch of upgrades, like a, six core processor and all this bullshit that I don't know what it means, but it seems like it's helping. <laughs> right. The more money, the better it is. Right. Yeah. Pretty much. I'm the pretty same much. Way. All right. So you said writer's block. Uh, I encounter that a lot recently. I've, uh, I don't know. It took me four years to get out of it. Let's put it that way. Um, shit. That's, that's yeah. pretty brutal. Yeah. It is real bad. Um, so, how do you get it back? That's my question. Yeah, that's tough. That is, that is the question, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. What is the answer to that? Um, I've tried a lot of things over the years. I've tried like sitting down and forcing myself through it, which right. doesn't usually turn out in a good way. Um mm-hmm. But it, it can work. I mean, it has. I'm sure there's a lot of music that I've written that has come out of just me like p- slapping myself in the face, being like, just write something, write something, do just it, do something. it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, like, I feel like I'm risking like writing disingenuous music by doing that because it, it mm-hmm. technically is like uninspired music. You know, there's nothing right. that made me want to actually write that. I just kind of sat there and like messed around on piano roll or yeah you know just mess around on guitar and messing around on guitar definitely works for me because that's my first instrument it's my main thing and it's what i'm most comfortable writing on so that's that's number one for me it's just like messing around on the guitar and trying to come up with something without a computer um, in front of you yeah 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 literally just like turn your phone off or put it away and just kind of sit there and try and immerse yourself in it Mm. that helps um Time off definitely helps. I mean, you said it took you four years to get out of something. I've never, I've never yeah, tried yeah, taking yeah. that much time off writing. Well, yeah, four years. Let me put it this way: I wrote some like not very good music within those four four years. You know what I mean? I feel yeah, like okay. I feel like now I'm more proud of what I'm doing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so. that's for, that's definitely fair. Yeah, I mean, um, it feels more like 
something that you were compelled to make more so than shit that you just threw together when you didn't want to. Exactly. Now, the way that I did it, oh boy. You know, it's so obvious because I'd watch videos and they'd say this to you, but every day I would sit down and I'd start with a new slate, man. I would just write a riff, put it in a folder, next day, write something. And even if it sucked, you know, like I always had that issue where if I were to write a song and get halfway and get stuck, I would just sit on it and it would just drain me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. And I feel quite a lot. I feel like if I have, dude, I've written 260 riffs within the last, like, I think nine months. And that's a lot. And and that's just, that's just for me just saying, fuck it. New slate every day. And it's Mm -hmm. been amazing. I don't know what the hell happened. (laughs) Honestly, like sometimes pushing yourself or like setting like goals for yourself of things that you have to do can definitely help. Like if you were to say like, okay, this year I'm going to write like a new riff every single day, like no matter what, that's going to yield like results inevitably. You know, as long as you're trying. Even half of them suck, you know what I mean? Exactly. That's that's kind of exactly. Half of them suck and you're like, cool, I have 180 riffs. (laughs) Right, right, right. But um, another thing that I do is like, yeah, I save literally everything. Like as long as it's not complete dog shit, then I'll save it. I'll I'll save every little thing that I do. Even if I don't really feel like inspired when I listen back to it, I'll be like, oh, this isn't that cool. But like I'll save this and Mm -hmm. maybe I'll come back to it and maybe it'll like spark some inspiration. So like half the songs that I write in general are things that I've gone back to because it's just a, a little riff or a little part that I wrote like one to nine years ago like somewhere in that period i'll just go back and click on shit and be like oh that's cool maybe we can make something out of this um, yeah bring it so back. that work, that yeah that works for me a lot especially if i don't i don't have like the capacity to come up with something new in that moment i'm like oh i kind of want to write something but i don't have any ideas let's go back and see what i have that i can work on that helps right that now for me. was stars wept to see one of those albums where you had a lot of material <laughs> Uh, come back or <laughs> that album has one of the oldest songs I've ever written in my life. Yeah, like, which one? Th- there's a there's a whole song on there called Empyrean. It's just like mm-hmm. this piano interlude thing with a little bit of orchestra. Yep. That shit is so old. Like <sighs> that came out in twenty. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. Matters. I guess. Well, <laughs> it's funny because at the time, like when I did write it. I was trying to do this whole like composer YouTube channel thing. There's like all these guys like Adrian yeah. von Ziegler is one of the biggest ones, but they have like just these little composition channels where they just upload like a fucking new age song every like week or whatever. So I was writing stuff mm-hmm. like that and that's what I wanted to do. So technically that song is on the internet on like a shitty channel in like a, a way shitty. Surprised like, somebody didn't steal it. Yeah, it's possible somebody might have so but yeah that song is super old that's one of the ones that i was like yeah this kind of fits the vibe of this this kind of fits the vibe of what i want to put here like in between these two songs so i just like listened back to it and recreated it like i didn't use any of the original files or anything because i don't have that shit i made it on like mm-hmm. some some daw some digital audio workstation that came with a keyboard 
Um, nice. So super limited. You couldn't even download nice. plugins. Yeah. So it was all made with these like stock plugins and it sounded awful, but the idea was there. So I just kept the idea. Well um, yeah. Now uh, I got two small little things here. Um, what did you learn throughout this process yourself and about yourself and what was like your orchestration influences during this album? Um, what did I learn about myself? It's the first part of that. Yep. Yep. <sighs> I don't know. I feel like every, like where, where were you currently yeah, yeah. like in your life? That... Well, at that time, um, my previous band had like just disbanded, I guess the year before. So this was mm-hmm. like, this was the first record I'd made like fully on my own. Like I don't have any other, really any other projects going. Um, mm-hmm. So I was able to kind of like put a hundred percent of my focus into it. You know what I mean? Like this was always right. the, a side project in my brain because I wanted to pursue like the touring band thing as a career. Like that, that was kind of the idea growing up. So right. at this point, and now I was you're like, like okay. fuck that. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, well, you know, it's it's so hard to do that nowadays, man. It's so hard. And I don't mean just because of like COVID. I totally agree. Yeah. But yeah, it's just impossible. I mean, like you have five guys. First of all, everybody has different opinions. So you have like this, like, oh, so much clashing God. and shit. There's so much yeah. clashing. Like any money that you make has to be split five ways or you put it back into the band, which is what any of my bands always did. It's We've usually just food. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like on tour, like we would, we were just maxing out credit cards. Like it's so trash. You'd like message your label to try and get some touring support. And they're like, sorry, we can't. So, Come back with five albums and then let Yeah, let exactly. It's just impossible, man. It's so hard. So this is definitely like much more viable option for me, but I guess, yeah. And during that, during the making of that record, I was kind of like, okay, I'm going to put everything into this album because this is the only thing that I have right now. There you so go. that's why it kind of, nice. I think that's kind of why it turned out the way it did because <clears throat> when I did the first record, I was planning on doing like specifically that genre, you know, I wanted to contribute to this like black gaze, post metal, post black metal thing. Like I, I wanted right. to like contribute a record towards that or a project towards that. So once mm-hmm. I didn't have all of my other projects that I was writing music to, I was like, okay, I'm just going to put all of my influences into stars wept to the sea. And that's right. why it came out like that. It's like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. And um, I don't really know who I was feeling inspired by in terms of like orchestra stuff at the time. I've always been mm-hmm. pretty partial to like Nightwish. That's like a really big one for me. <laughs> I know it's kind of I, corny, I but... wouldn't expect that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nightwish is so, I, I just grew up loving that band since I was like 13 and, uh, Tuo Mas is a sick composer. He like pretty much writes all the songs. Anyway, he's just unreal. That was a big one. That's always a big one. Um, just the, you know, the generic stuff like Hans Zimmer is always up there for me. Um, I got super into like some symphonic black metal too. Like uh, I always really liked Karak Ungren. That band's crazy. Nice, dude. Yeah. I actually talked to the dude that does the piano. Oh, is that uh, Ardek or what's 